Go wild with Nation Gear's end of regular season merch madness sale. Nation Gear is offering our favorite fans 20% off all regular season merch. And we're going to give you free shipping on any orders over $200. Stock up your closet for the playoffs. Rep your team and grab that merch you've been eyeing up all season long. Don't wait. This sale only lasts from April 1st until April 7th. Shop the sale at nationgear.ca. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is the Puck Poolies Podcast with Matt Larkin and Stephen Ellis. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Puck Poolies. Matt Larkin here with Stephen Ellis, always getting into the dog days of the season now. I've got some crazy stuff going on in my fantasy league, but Stephen, as always, you can tell me what's going on in yours first before we get to the show. Finally won in my 16 league. It's been a while. It's been, it was a rough little go, but I just, you know, finally, after weeks and weeks of other teams' best players or like random players, not even their stars, coming up and stealing the show, I finally had that happen for me. And I'm off to a good start already this week. So, uh, last week was difficult. I'm happy to move away from that. Uh, it's just like all these like really close losses. Like, it, I was like, in some cases, like one goalie went away from winning three of my matchups and potentially challenging for first place. And right now I'm back in second. I think three of us have the same record and like we're all really close still, which is awesome. No one's tanking. No one's giving up. Every matchup every week is still looking good. My other pool, the bigger one, I've given up on that one. I have way too many injuries. Like, I, my, Basically, half my roster is injured, and I can't do anything about it unless I just want to give up on those guys the rest of the season. And I don't really want to do that. So I'm just kind of in a part where I'm basically tanking, and that's okay. Uh, it is what it is. So uh, how about you? Yeah, I know what you mean about tanking. I'm, I'm switching to that mode too. I caused a lot of controversy in my league uh, this week, this past week, because I'm 19 games over 500, and... I realized that the league is broken just with the pick trading we've been doing where we've been allowing mega tanks that create these super teams the next year that are unbeatable. Um, and I, so I think we've let people go a little too far with the pick trading. And we have this one or two teams that are so far ahead that even though my team is good, I realize like every time I go up against one of those teams, I lose. I'm like, I have no chance to win. Even though I'm 19 games over 500, this is pointless. And I'm just going to load up for next year. And I'll be the super team next year. So I decided to trade my entire team. I I traded uh, three players for Tage Thompson as a keeper for next year. I traded, I think it was like Ovechkin, Claude Giroux, and Darnell Nurse. 
Then I traded four players for Brady Kachuk, another keeper for next year. Traded a bunch of other players for a first-round pick. So I'm just loading up, and I've just completely stripped my team down, which is pretty sad. I said, guys, like this is weird. And I even went, I offered, a, or I, I tried to get a, uh, at first I was going to see if I could still be, like I was knocking on other teams' doors, seeing if I could get a first-round pick from a team that was ahead of me in the standings. And that team even said, um, no point, I'm not going for it. So I'm like, I'm 19 games over 500. There's a team that's 20 games over, and they said they're not even going for it this year because that's how hard it is to win with a few super teams. So I said, screw it, I'm out. Tank mode, baby. Well, it happens, it happens. And I, I, I'm, I almost looked into tanking in my 16th league where we finally had a draft picks in, in the trading of that this season. So I considered it. Uh, I've decided that was kind of a stupid idea. I still like it. Anything can happen. When we get to the playoffs and what we learned in this league is, uh, you know, the team that looks the most dominant can just fall apart instantly. And that was me pretty much early in the season to now. So, right. I feel like, and it's funny in, in our format, because if you make the playoffs, but not the final, you get three keepers. If you miss the playoffs, you get four. So now I'm like, well, I got to make sure I drop out of a playoff spot, which is also why I tried to trade so many players. Like I got to finish ninth or worse so I can get a fourth keeper. Because right now I've got Tage Thompson, Brady Kachuk, Mira Heiskanen, and UC Saros. Although Saros looking a little questionable. I'm a little worried about that. But I know we will talk about the person that's succeeding him later in the show. But first off, Stephen, let's do our pickups. All right, let's start with the Shiloh League pickup of the week. And that is Jonathan Drewin, a guy I did not think we'd ever see back uh, on the show. Especially, it's one thing to have him as a deep league or a medium league, but... I even wrote in capitals. That's right. Shallow leagues. Jonathan Durant available in 72% of leagues. And I'm recommending him as a shallow league pickup. Something wild is happening with him. He's got 17 points in his last 16 games. In his last eight games, he's playing more than 24 minutes a game. He was above 27 minutes on Monday. A forward playing almost half the game. He's playing with McKinnon and Rantanen on the first line. He's playing center on the top power play unit. Like Jonathan Duran's role right now is juicy and it's built for sustained fantasy excellence. This could be a point per game player for the balance of the season. This could be a league winner for you. I've added him in my league because no one seemed to notice what he was doing. It seems like based on the availability, not many people have noticed because his overall numbers aren't that sexy because he started so slowly. But I think it's, very important if he's available to go get him right away. He's doing something special right now. Okay, I like it. I probably have to do that. Immediately pick up your Sharon Govich. Yes, Sharon Govich, available in 68% of leagues. And this man is a shooter. He's got 17 goals in 43 games. He's converting on more than 17% of his shots. And for the type of player he is, that type of accuracy tends to be more sustainable. He's playing on the top line. He's playing on the top power play unit. And... Yes, we know the Flames are going to be making some moves soon, probably starting to strip down that roster, whether it's Elias Lindholm, Chris Tanev, Noah Hannafin. But either way, Sharon Govich seems to be part of the future there, and he'll likely still be there and still playing an important role, even if Calgary sells off some pieces. So I could see him getting to 30 goals this year. He's already more than halfway there. So if you need goals, he's a very nice asset for a medium league. 
All right, one pickup that was. This one is interesting. Deep pickup, Nico Doss. And, you know, I was on the group of people that kind of just gave up on him. I know I was high on him when he was in the OHL and was putting up some good numbers. Got to be Canada's World Junior goalie, didn't play so well. But he's found a way, despite having injury that kind of you know, hurt his season, has figured out how to, to be relevant here. Yes, Nico Dawes is has surfaced. He's available in 92% of leagues, but the New Jersey Devils crease is wide open. We know Akira Schmidt already demoted. Vitek Vanacek, arguably the worst goaltender in the entire league this year. He's sort of neck and neck with Ilya Samsonov. And Dawes, you know, solid AHL goalie so far in his pro career. That's about it. But we know every single year, random goaltenders become studs. It's just, it's the most random position in sports. Alex Lyon last year, Aiden Hill. This year, you've got Joey Decord, Connor Ingram. It just, it's anyone can be a star now in net. Seriously, because there are that many good goalies. There might be 100 or 200 goalies in the world now that are NHL caliber when there's only 32 starting spots, right? So it's not the biggest surprise in the world anymore when a relative no-name comes in and succeeds. Nico Daz has played five times since the late December call-up, 922 save percentage. He's been the best goalie so far for the Devils. And yes, it's possible they're going to make a trade and try and bring in more of a veteran. But until they do, it could be his crease. And I think he's going to get an opportunity to run away with it a little bit here. So that's an important pickup. If he can stick, keep the job, find some magic, that could be a very important pickup for the second half. All right. I like that. The WTF pickup, that is Owen Tippett. Yeah, Owen fastest Tippett. skater in the world, basically. I, that number is still blowing my mind. I did not realize Owen Tippett was that fast. Um, he's available in 43% of leagues. And he does pretty much everything you want in a banger league asset. So if we consider Brady Kachuk the banger league god, his pace right now, 38 goals, 365 shots, 231 hits. Great combo meal production. Owen Tippett's pace, 30 goals, 302 shots, 123 hits. So he is a poor man's Brady Kachuk. And he is available in so many leagues right now, despite that fact. He should be owned in pretty much all leagues, especially all banger formats, even in re regular formats that don't have those categories. He's still an asset in goals. So this is a pretty valuable player, and it feels like the fantasy world as a whole hasn't really woken up to him fully yet. All right. I'm I, Owen Tippett was one of my favorite prospects in, in junior when he was there because uh, with the Mississauga Steelheads because watching the way he unloaded his shot, he looked like a guy who was going to put up a lot of points. Knew he could skate, but... Again, seeing the stat we saw, just I, I did not expect that from a guy like him. So good to see him doing that. Uh, my cat Blue likes to come say hello. I think she's got some opinions on Owen Tippett, but she's going to back up, so maybe she doesn't anymore. All right, the tip of the week is, whoops, uh, my bad. Uh, the tip of the week is know your opponent's past. So that means I'm assuming, like, you know, know when they were born, find out what streets they grew up. So when you're trying to get into their, like, their personal information, you know how to answer those security questions. I mean, you're not that far off. It is about knowing some of their information. And it's this is one of the slimier tips that I've given, but I stand by it. Because, again, I'm a villain. I'm a heel in my fantasy league. So this is part of it, okay? This is part of the lore. And this is kind of like, I'm a little embarrassed. This is kind of Machiavellian stuff. But most leagues, especially if you're in a Yahoo format, if you've been in a league for a long time, they have a legacy feature. You can go in and view past seasons. You can go in and view past rosters. And what you got to do is go and look, especially at teams that won, if those GMs are still in your league. Look at the years they won. Look at some of the players that were on those teams. 
if they won a championship with those players, they will have emotional attachments to those players. And you can use that against them in trades, in, as throw-ins, things like that, because it will still cause a little dopamine rush to their brain remembering the glory they found with that player. And I did this this past week. I was negotiating a trade with someone, and I couldn't quite get it done. And I remembered, oh, wait, this guy had Max Pacioretty for a couple of years, and Pacioretty was playing really well with Vegas. So he's going to trust Max Pacioretty. He's going to get a good feeling when he sees Pacioretty's name thrown into an offer. So I just kicked in Pacioretty, and he accepted the trade. Because I, so I worked, I, I used his emotions against him by going and looking at his past roster and remembering who he had an emotional bond with. It's pretty scuzzy behavior, but I'm telling you, it works and I recommend it. <laughs> and it's not illegal, I guess. So there, go for it. Okay. Uh, see, the good thing about playing in my, my six, my 16 league is I have no, almost all of them for 10, 15 longer um, so that that kind of helps, like knowing these guys so long. That, but the the issue part of it is, I think everyone knows each other too well that it makes it hard to like because we spend so much time together to, to make trades because everyone's like, no, like I don't like. Also, we we all kind of air our grievances of which players we don't like and then immediately try to trade them. Yeah. <laughs> so that doesn't really work. I'll be like, man, this guy sucks. Anyone want him? And then like no one takes him yeah. because I'm either gonna drop him and they're gonna pick him up, or they hear me say they suck and they're not that interested. So yeah. Uh, I yes, I get it. So uh, what's our special segment today? All right. Well, we're, we're at the halfway point of the NHL season. We're actually past the halfway point of the fantasy season, unless you're in a roto format. Uh, so I figured we should sort of take a look at the first half MVPs by position, if that sounds good to you, my friend. All right, let's do it. And we are going to start with a guy that I acquired in a very lopsided trade this year, which was Sam Reinhart uh, forward. Obviously I I got him and Pavel Minchukov and I, I, I don't remember who I traded, but it was like, I think it was Eric Carlson and a goalie that, oh, Vitek Vanacek. I think that was a trade. And that worked out very well for me in that trade. Nice. I traded, uh, I traded Cole Caulfield and Mintika for uh, Mira Heiskanen. Uh, okay. So Sam Reinhardt, he was going off the board on average as the 97th player uh, when Yahoo drafts were starting. And he's currently, at least in, in my scoring system, the number seven player. And he's second in the NHL in goals. He's right hot on the tail of Austin Matthews. He's 10th in points. So you've turned such a massive profit if you drafted Reinhardt. And not surprisingly, the team in first place in my league has Sam Reinhardt. Those are the types of players. It's not the Connor McDavid's. It's the player who produces like a first-round pick that you get way later. It's like a cheat code, right? So there's one gem in my league that has Reinhardt. He's in first place. Uh, but that's that said, we're talking about what he's done. So first half MVP. He's shooting 27.8% highest in the NHL. You need to sell high. This is exactly what happened with Bo Horvat last year. The numbers are almost identical to what Bo Horvat did in the first half. Same thing, contract year player too. Bo Horvat was on pace for 60 goals in the first half, and then he cratered in the second half because of regression. So even though Sam Reinhardt has been great, here's your I'm giving you your virtual medal for fantasy MVP, it's time to trade him. You could get a really nice return, find someone who's more of a buy low, more of a consistently established first round type of player. That's what you should do with Sam Reinhardt, even though he's been amazing. Okay. Would you do the same for the first half defensive MVP, Noah Dobson? I would not. I think what Noah Dobson's doing is more sustainable. Yes, he's the defense MVP. ADP was 111.6, and he is the number three fantasy defenseman on the year. 
and number 17 overall player in fantasy, tracking for roughly a point per game season, massive asset in the blocks department as well, if you count that as a category. And I've said it recently, he's sort of becoming a Dougie Hamilton type player to me in terms of the overall skill set, right shot, big guy, can contribute to multiple categories. And with the pedigree, with his age as well, I'm believing everything that he's doing. So uh, I would not be selling high on Noah Dobson. I'm really happy to see Dobson playing the way he is. When I was, I, I used to have a TV show uh, on a local network. And one of the things about that was the guy, the co-host I had was huge into Noah Dobson. Like, this guy's going to be a star. And he did not play like we were hoping he would for a few years. And I was starting to give up on him. But to, it, from from a high-end standpoint, but now seeing the way he's playing this year, it's, it's awesome. I'm, I'm glad to see how well he's playing. Going in net, Connor Ingram, a guy that I would never have even put in the conversation for first half MVP in net. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually surprised when I went to look up his his average draft position. I thought it was going to be blank, like I thought it was going to be undrafted, but it was 119.7. So he was being drafted in plenty of leagues as a number two goalie. So I guess people had uh, or number two Coyotes goalie, number five fantasy goalie, wherever he was, people had faith in a bit of a Coyotes rebound, evidently. But no one could have predicted he would be a top three fantasy goalie in the first half, which he was behind only Hellebuck and Demko. Five shutouts already for Connor Ingram. And I wrote down, like, I guess I'll swear here in my notes. I just said proof that goalies are bullshit because they are. And I don't mean that as an insult to goalie. I'm saying there's so many good ones that it's just the randomness, of the position. It's just unbelievable. And it's a reminder to not overpay. Maybe you can take one stud goalie, but fill out the rest of your goalies with flyers because every, and I don't mean Philadelphia flyers. I mean, F L I E R S. Because you just see this happen every single year. There are guys busting out out of nowhere. And Connor Ingram is that guy this year. He and Joey Decord, that's two of the top four fantasy goalies this year, are those two. Who in a million years would have predicted that? Their own parents would not have predicted that. I would have expected both those guys to be in the a have a better chance of being full-time AHLers this year than being fantasy MVPs. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I never want to agree with the fact that goaltenders in fantasy hockey are completely stupid. I always like to draft a really good goalie that I can rely on every single year. However, my goalies I drafted in one of my leagues, Shesterk and Nottinger, have spent a lot of time injured. Uh, points this year, it's just Sturkins has not played the way he should. In my other pool, I've had Demko and, and Georgiev, and Demko was great. Georgiev, uh, I never know if I could rely on him. He tends to allow a lot of goals too many times, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, so that's that. Who's our guest? Okay, it's time to bring back our pal from NHL.com, Pete Jensen. Okay, we are very pleased to welcome back to the show one of our favorites. You know him if you're a diehard fantasy person, of course, as the expert NHL.com fantasy rankings, NHL fantasy on ice podcast. He does so many great fantasy things. Pete Jensen is back. Pete, how you doing? Doing great, guys. Always great to uh, hop on your show and always great when you guys do the same. I know you both have been on so far. Uh, Steven, of course, for the prospect talk and Matt for the entire league. So happy to return the favor here. Absolutely. And Pete, uh, earlier on the show, we were discussing our fantasy MVPs, we were doing them by position, but also just thinking of it in, in an overall sense. So I'm curious, do you have someone, especially, I always do it kind of relative to ADP, but do you have a fantasy MVP in mind so far in this first half? 
It's got to be between Sam Reinhardt and Brock Besser because of how well both of them have performed in goal scoring. Uh, who am I more surprised by? I guess I'm not that surprised by Sam Reinhardt because he, a couple of years ago, was a point-per-game player on a third line. So you knew the guy was for real and he's in a contract year. I'm more surprised by Brock Besser, I think, and just how elite the Canucks offense has been. And the team overall, like even defensively with, with Ronick and Demko and Quinn Hughes, uh, you know, front runner for the Norris. But Brock Besser performing at this level has been something we've expected in previous years and fallen flat and been disappointed. So it's great to see Besser really revitalize and, and bring a fantasy punch that we've never seen before. I guess on the opposite spectrum of things, who is your biggest first half disappointment? Uh, there are a couple. I think Ovechkin's a disappointment. Tage Thompson's a disappointment. Uh, some of the guys have started to turn it around that were early season disappointments like Matthew Kachuk and Jason Robertson and guys like that. Um, of course, injuries always play into it. I know Ovechkin's a little banged up right now. I think that the Sabres are my most disappointing team so far. I know they had a big win over the weekend. I know they've been pretty good since the new year and they're only like whatever seven points back as we record here but uh, it's just one of those things where I just expected so much more of a ripple effect from that entire roster starting with Tage Thompson and I know that he dealt with some injury early on and most of the guys on that team not to make an excuse but Skinner is banged up Tuck has been day to day like all season long right Darlene keeps coming back even when he gets banged up in games and holding down the fort but yeah, Tage Thompson is up there among my biggest disappointments just because I expected to be in the contention for the Rocket Richard. Yeah, I agree. And and uh, all the while, Stephen threatening to go viral there with the cat doing the flyby on his screen. We're going to have to clip <laughs> that one that. for later. <laughs> You're like that guy, the the office guy with his kids and that, that clip a few years ago. Um, but it, it's interesting. Yeah, there he is. There's Blue the cat. Uh, I, I can sneeze almost looking at him. That's how allergic I am. Uh but it's funny, especially, Pete, you mentioned Ovechkin. And to me, he's been one of the more confounding players just because, you know, obviously we know he's aging, but also he was unlucky with his shooting percentage. And it seemed like he had a, a little spark a couple weeks ago. I traded for him and then I, I traded him away. So I bought low and then I sold lower, which is pretty crazy to think about it. And it kind of connects to the next question. If not Ovechkin, it could be someone else. But which star player? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Going into the season, do you feel ready to drop maybe even in a shallow league? That's tough. I, I'm... 
I don't know that I have the best answer for that one just because I'm, I tend to be very patient uh, with star players around the league. Uh, John Carlson to go off that same, you know, topic. I'm not sure I would drop him just because defenseman is so scarce, but I feel like he's had a little fall from grace and it's, it's crazy because the team has been more competitive, generally speaking, than I ever would have expected. I thought they were, you know, almost, you know, gravitating toward a rebuild a little bit, but they weren't treating the roster as such. But uh, the Capitals stars of the past uh, are no longer like those dominant fantasy sources of power. So, um, you know, I might consider dropping a player like that. Uh, but the defenseman position is so tough. Like all these guys have been these key guys have been missing for weeks now, right? Sergachev and, and Haskinen and Shea Theodore. I haven't heard much about him in a while. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe you hang on for a while. Again, 95% of the time, these star players with a pedigree from five plus seasons ago, you know, over the past five seasons, I should say, I would stick with them um, more times than not. But maybe John Carlson's one, like by association that you would consider dropping. So we're kind of at the point of the season here, past the halfway point where, Teams that are kind of just out of it are out of it. And I know in one of my fantasy leagues, I'm so far out of it. It doesn't seem to matter what I do. I'm just every week I'm projected to lose by like 130 points. It doesn't help that on that team, we have one injured reserve spot, no, two injured reserve spot, and I have nine players injured. So I actually just kind of run out of options there. But what do you do as a commissioner when teams start giving up and disengaging in a redraft format at this time of the year? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's one of those things like if you're coming in and starting a season fresh in a new league, it's like one of the growing pains of a new league. Like people get checked out this time of year in the final couple months of the season if they fall out of contention. So you have to kind of find that balance of, you know, being able to if you do a keeper league where you can trade some draft picks. I know you don't want that to go off the rails because sometimes, you know, trades are causing problems if if they're too uh, lopsided and stuff like that makes people unhappy. So I think I like the idea of trading like, you know, one in a particular deal, like one draft pick for the future and, and, you know, keeping some of those teams, allowing them to load up on draft picks if they do have some assets to trade. But it's one of those things, like, especially I think in uh, head to head, it's less of an issue because you could always pull uh, an upset any given week and keep things interesting. But uh, roto leagues it really gets tough when you're when you're in last place or second to last and there's still like two months to go in the season uh wouldn't blame someone for you know focusing on a different league where they're doing better or you know focusing on a different sport even if a new one starts up yeah it's funny it's why i i stopped playing roto formats they just they just bored me to tears for that yeah. reason <laughs> um so pete earlier on the show i talked about the sort of possibly broken state that my own league is in and I made some pretty lopsided trades because it's a keeper format and I said okay well I'm rebuilding I don't care I'll trade four players for for a first round pick I'll trade five you want one more sure I'll throw it in I don't care (laughs) I'm building for next year so we do get this situation and I know it's common in keeper and dynasty formats this time of year you're getting the buyer and seller trades you get these arms races one person makes a lopsided trade that sets a new price and then the next guy is expecting five players in return for their next trade and you get all these lopsided trades happening so what do you do do you do you think those types of formats need restrictions on trading do you need a veto function to come in normally i'm I'm very averse to vetoes but i'm curious what your thoughts are yeah i mean i i think 
the veto puts like a lot of power on the commissioner and then you know a lot of other people in the league want to chime in like trade votes i'm i'm all for that um if they're lopsided then they're probably okay in my book again i mentioned that like i would probably limit and restrict it to like one or two draft picks per trade just so you know some people on twitter and instagram like send me questions and it's like would you do this trade it's like five players and two picks for another five players and two picks and it's like you can't even wrap your mind around that you could give it a quick glance and stuff like that but it gets a little too wild for me so i would restrict some trades i would even consider uh, you know for future years like sometimes you could do either a keeper not a keeper reset necessarily but you can reset most of the roster if, if your league is down for that you could um you know you could also consider like an auction format if you have highly engaged fans and stuff that want to play in your league friends and family and that are tuned into salaries around around the league that's always a, a fun thing for me whether it's a point format of of auction and a dollar format or sometimes you could play in a league where it's actual player salaries and you have to construct it within the salary cap so those are some alternatives that you could consider in the off season yeah i think it's a really good point and and my hockey league is struggling a little bit with our with our what to do with our picks and we're even starting to consider getting rid of the pick trading altogether because you've got this thing you have buyer seller eight teams eight teams alternating every year yep whereas in football we've done with a full salary cap and individual player salaries it's gone very well you don't have the same problem with the alternating uh, teams competing uh so pete we know we'll be seeing you at all-star in a couple weeks uh, i want to end by putting you on the spot i'm just curious who's your pick to win this skills event based on the names we know so far who are competing um, I think that it's going to be a lot of fun, this skills events. And, and I think that like, I'm really looking forward to the PWHL showcase. That's something like new and three on three is like one of the most exciting, uh, you know, aspects of hockey and, and in the modern day. So I'm really excited about that. So I, I'm just like, I'm going into it with an open mind. I'll look, uh, a little closer at the names when it, uh, you know, when we get a, a week out, we know exactly who's who's injured, who's healthy, you know, hopefully, I hope that Bedard can get there somehow. Uh, I know that he was on the ice for a, uh, you know, a practice run and they're going to be cautious with him, but I hope that there's a scenario where he's healthy and, and can light up the stage a little bit uh, with Toronto being the Mecca of hockey, but I'll take a little look uh, closer as we get um, a couple days away, I think. Okay. Uh, I have a feeling that Willie Nealander is going to put on a show because he just kind of gives zero Fs. And he's got yeah. the well-rounded skill set. He can shoot the puck hard. He's a great skater. He's got great hands. So, I and I, I don't think he would be anything close to the favorite either. So, I think he's a fun sleeper pick. He's, Just in that environment, I think he'll thrive. He's been so fun this year. Like, who would have ever thought that we'd be, you know, putting him ahead of Matthews if you were going to rank Maple Leafs players for the Hart Trophy? You know, it's just it's incredible what he's done, and uh, obviously got rewarded the other day with the new contract, but. He's got to be up there as well. I know that he's he was not drafted as low as Besser and Reinhardt, like I mentioned earlier, for fantasy MVP. But like for him to be a top five player on a team like that with so much star power and offensive uh, ability, it's been really impressive. He's been one of the stars of the whole NHL season so far. Absolutely agree. And uh, also impressive that Steven is not laughing while his cat continues to maul him right now. And uh, Pete, always a pleasure, my friend. We will see you in a couple weeks. And uh, before you go, just plug anything you want on NHL.com. 
Sure. I have not yet been to Toronto, so I expect uh, you guys and uh, you know some of my other colleagues in the area to show me a good time. I've heard a lot of good things about Toronto uh, from a hockey fan standpoint and you know the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. I, I got to hit up some of these places. It's been uh, way too long that I've actually gotten up there. So yeah, NHL Fantasy on Ice is our podcast. You could check out our work, nhl.com slash fantasy. We're also doing a couple new things this year. Uh, betting odds, like three matchups, odds to watch each day. You can find that on nhl.com slash fantasy in the headlines module. And then also our edge stats with all the puck and player tracking. I've been doing some fantasy stuff, keeping track of certain categories, you know, from a news standpoint, like, oh, this player, Owen Tippett has the, you know, the fastest speed of the season so far. So that's all general stuff that's really interesting from fantasy and reality and betting. Uh, that we're doing on NHL.com this year. Excellent, Pete. We'll see you soon. Show you a good time. And thanks for coming on. Anytime, guys. (laughs) All right. Great stuff from Pete, as always. And Stephen, let's do our best bet of the week. And this one is, it's minus money, which I don't normally do. I like to sort of strive for greatness. But to me, I just feel so confident that I want this one. The Toronto Maple Leafs are visiting the Edmonton Oilers Tuesday night. And I want to hammer that over which is minus 165 plus six and a half goals to me this is track meet city baby that's what i see in this matchup we have the oilers absolutely rolling they've won 10 games in a row the leafs are reeling two weekend losses very disappointed coach and sheldon keith lines in a blender heading on a big western canadian swing they've got something to prove so i think they're going to be very motivated of course you have the matthews mcdavid marquee matchup how about that alliteration steven and these are two of the highest scoring teams in the league two of the best power plays in the league Goaltending has been better for both lately, if you count Martin Jones and Stuart Skinner. But overall, you never know really what you're going to get in net from either of these two teams. So I just think it checks every box for a barn burner. I think they're going to go comfortably over six and a half goals. What do you think? I like it. Yeah, I've I've seen a ton of these great games that just end up being just scoring fast. Uh, if I'm guessing who's going to score, Zach Hyman's probably going to score. He uh, we just we know that former Leafs like to score against the Leafs and. Uh, so I expect that to happen, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm on board with it. Okay, well, we're doing it. And Stephen, let's now move on to our prospect report. This is one of my favorite prospects, someone I've been watching closely since he was getting hyped up even a couple of years before he was drafted. Yaroslav Askarov, Nashville Predators prospect, dominating in Milwaukee. So what do you have to say about him today? Well, with three shutouts in his last four games, it's hard to go wrong with a guy like Askarov, you know, um, I I wrote about him a couple of years ago before he was drafted. I called him a future Vezina Trophy winner. And I know goaltending is completely random, but even, I was saying that at a time when the guy was not playing many games. Like it was pretty common for him to not play more than, or not even play 20 games in a season year after year, whether it be COVID, whether it be, you know, bouncing around leagues, things like that. It, playing time was tough for him. So last year, getting a chance to see him play uh, such a valuable role for the the mill for, for milwaukee and then get all those starts and then this year work of trey gross or troy grossenek one of the best ahl goalies in the last 15 years that you know one two duo is awesome and i think with ask getting to learn from that while still getting all these starts these valuable opportunities uh, no doubt about it i still think he's gonna be a future vesna trophy winner there was a lot of talk about him potentially being traded at the draft last year and you know whether it be montreal whether it be a couple other teams that could look at him as the goalie of the future 
I think those teams are going to wish they did. Uh, now with Nashville, they got UC Soros, who we know that can get hot and be one of the best goalies year after year. I think they should start maximizing that trade value as soon as possible if they believe Ascroft's the answer. But they signed Kevin Lincoln in for a reason, and that was to continue to give Askaroff some time. So we'll see what they do in net for Nashville. But I do think Askaroff's the the goalie of the future there, one of the best goalie prospects in the league. He's got the size, the athleticism, the glove hand, uh, and uh, he continues to just be – a lot of people are saying, like, you know, he wasn't mature enough, and a lot of scouts said, like, he, he would get upset over things easily. He would let some bad goals in, things like that. But right now, no question about it, Askaroff's one of the best goalie prospects in the world. Cool. Yeah, I'm very excited about him. I have to make a tough decision because I I have the Predators tandem. I don't they have room, but I'm thinking, oh, what if he gets called up soon? But I guess for, for now he's sort of blocked. And it's funny because we you know we've seen Barry Trotz told our colleague Frank Cervalli that, that Saros is staying, and if anything, it's supposed to be Askarov who gets traded. But <clears throat> excuse me. But if I'm Nashville, I don't know. I, I still think that franchise is delusional about how competitive it is in the present. And I think you could get a King's ransom for UC Saros from a team like New Jersey right now. I would be shopping him and I would be building around Askarov in the future. But that's just me. I guess Nashville just sees it differently for now. So, Stephen, let's move on now. We have a couple good questions. What do we have this week? All right. We're going to start with somebody in my league, uh, Mariano Di Nicola. How do you go about dealing with large assets that are struggling throughout the season? For example, Stutzel hasn't been as good as he could be. Yeah, it's a great question, especially when you get this deep into the season and you're waiting still for certain star players to wake up. It's like you start to wonder, if this is this just not their year? To me, it's largely dependent on the homework that you do. So I do recommend you do some homework and you can learn the root of the struggles. Are they luck-based struggles or are they real? So if we use Tim Stutzla as an example, seven goals in his first 38 games, 6.6% shooting. So, and if you look at his underlying metrics in terms of individual shot shots per 60 and scoring chances and all that kind of stuff, it's all normal. Maybe uh, the only difference is his on-ice stuff, like his line mates are not helping him as much this year, but in terms of what he's doing as a player, he looks mostly like the same player in terms of how often he's getting quality chances. They're just not going in. So this is an example of you do your homework and you see this is not a player that you want to sell low. If you were to trade him, you still want at least 90 cents on the dollar. If anything, you're probably better off keeping him or trying to get him if you don't have him. And it's funny, I talked about Sam Reinhardt as a great sell high. I wouldn't be surprised if Stutzla outscores Sam Reinhardt in the second half of the season, even though their numbers are so different, right? It's sort of just riding the wave of regression. And I think there's other cases, yes, where you have a struggling star and you look at their underlying numbers and it's like, oh my God, they're actually not generating near, nearly as many chances. They look like a different player. Then yes, you want to get off that train and sell them even if it's at a discount. So it's largely dependent on the player, on the underlying metrics. Okay. So I like that one. Next question comes from RO9SW. My keeper league timeline is three years. We need to keep one goalie, just Sturkin or Ottinger. Wow, good problem to have if you're trying to decide between those two. Uh, I lean toward Jake Ottinger here because he's three years younger. And yes, he's been dinged up, but uh, Igor Shosturkin also has a tendency to get dinged up. And I think his style, his hyper-athletic style, will lend to him aging quicker than most goalies do. Very similar to what we saw with Jonathan Quick, just someone who their game can fall off a cliff in their early 30s because 
they're so athletic and they play such a reflex based game. So if you think about it that way, he's already three years older than Ottinger as well. And I think the Rangers right now are in more of a win now window, whereas Dallas very competitive right now, but they have some really exciting prospects on the way. Logan Sankovin, Maverick Bork. They're just breaking in guys like Thomas Harley. Their stars, Jason Robertson and Rupe Hintz, Miro Heiskin, they're all young players. So Dallas, to me, is set up to be good for a long, long time. So if you look at all those different factors, younger Ottinger, probably less likely to get hurt, better team for longer. I like him more as the keeper. All right. That's that for the uh, the questions, I guess. Uh, what do we have to uh, round this up? All right, I wanted to to circle back the starting lineup to something a little more hockey related, just for fun. Once in a while, we got to do it. So, I want to know who are you upset about in terms of these All Star Game rosters, Stephen? Who are your top snubs? All right, well, I'm gonna I've got a, a bit of an interesting answer for this one at the very end, but I'll start here by looking at uh, Aiden Hill, obviously one of the best goalies in the uh, this, the season this year, and, and I. To be fully fair, I did not think he was going to be as as good as he was. I thought that was kind of a not a flash in the pan, but like well, last year over the off season, I was kind of we were talking about who the best goalie was going to be for Vegas, and I was really going with Logan Thompson. <clears throat> Sorry, I wanted to be Logan Thompson. It's not, uh, which is too bad to see that, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, Zach Hyman, uh, watching him play at a pace of nearly 50 goals this year. And considering the Oilers fan base is like rabid and nuts, I'm shocked that he was not invited uh, to this team. So um, it, it just made sense, you know, playing on home. I like the dice, like the, he formerly played for the Leafs. He's got a huge fan base there. His family's close by. It just felt like that was going to work. Um, but when you look at the fan vote at the very end, it was like all Leafs, all Vancouver. So uh, it, uh, it was what it was. Uh, Jake Gensel, you look at the numbers he's putting up at Pittsburgh and yeah, Crosby obviously deserves to be there, but Gensel has been just as good throughout the whole season. Very valuable for me in fantasy. That's for sure. Um, so I, I, I thought he should have been there, but again, I don't love the fan vote thing. I, I, it's good that you get to, I'm glad that you get to basically go out there and, and vote whoever you want to into be in this all-star game. But I feel like the fact that we got basically two teams that just kind of made up the final fan vote spots didn't feel right to me. Uh, Noah Dobson should have been there. Of course. No question about it. <clears throat> like, yes, like literally fantasy MVP. Like, uh, I don't know how to get that. Um, Connor Ingram throwing another goalie there. Just, Arizona Coyotes, we talked about them earlier. Uh, the Coyotes are not even in the playoff contention window. If it's like, obviously, they're not a favorite to make the playoffs at this point, but they're not even close without him in the way that he's played this year. And then to wrap it up, I'm not crazy. Miko Ranton didn't make the All Star game, right? Uh, I don't think so. I'm because I'm, I'm, of the kid in Makar, but I gotta, I, I have to double check it. Like, why isn't he there? <laughs> he should be there. Uh, yeah. let, let's just put it that way. I, I, the one thing I'll say about the All-Star game and one thing about it, nobody should care who's on the rosters. Nobody in the, my, their slightest should care. I don't think the players want to be there. I don't think they care um, for the most part. I almost feel bad that it's in Toronto this year because like it's this should be somewhere warm. Put the draft in somewhere that's colder. But in the, the All-Star game, you go from Florida last year to Toronto this year. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. Even though we're from Toronto and it makes a lot of sense for us, it's close for us, uh, not having all these guys, uh, like pe people caring who made it and who didn't make it. It was hard to come up with this list because, again, I don't care who's there. Like, throw Jason Dickinson in the All-Star game. Throw Peter Morazic in the All-Star game. I don't care. Uh, that's how I feel. <laughs> Ranting, right? 
he's not that he's not going. And and I agree with you about the weather thing. It, it's so backwards. It's like it should always be All Star Game in a warm city, draft in a cold city, because then it won't be unbearably hot. It'll be more tolerably hot in the summer, right? Whereas last year it was like draft in Nashville, crazy hot, and then you had and then you have All Star here in Toronto. So I think you could just switch those two. You'd be fine. It's it says right now on, on the weather network it says minus nine feels like minus sixteen here and like given how the weather's gone I almost expect February to be the coldest month we've had so oh it's gonna be a rough one I think yep that's okay we'll be ready for it and uh, that is it for this week's show we're getting closer to that All Star break but not quite yet and I'll give you a reminder for anyone listening I will have an updated top 300 fantasy rankings coming out just in time for the All Star break so keep an eye out for those and keep listening and watching we'll be back next week Hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out Quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.